It's Thursday, so you know what that means. It's the Inside Cradle episode two. Yeah, that's right. I did the thing at the camera that they did in Ghostbusters two, where the ghost, where the ghost does the two at you, so so that you know it's two. What's up, everybody? I am Kev Calm. That is Rick Uchino. We are two lovable gentlemen, two very smart ass marks. We'll get into everything going on in the world of wrestling on this episode, our second episode of the Inside Cradle from Sports Key to Wrestling. We have hours of content for you to consume on our video channel. This one comes out as video and audio as well, and we're dropping even more audio on our brand new podcast feed, available on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and very, very, very soon, Apple. A lot in this episode tonight uh, that you guys can devour today, wherever it reaches you. We will be talking with Ding Dong. Hello. Her name again is Rick Bailey. <laughs> it, it's it's it, Bailey. It, it's Bailey. Uh, it's her. It's Bailey, the <laughs> longest reigning SmackDown Women's Champion in company history, the first ever Grand Slam champion for the women's division in company history, Money in the Bank winner, and the true host of WrestleMania 37. We all know she was the number one host, stole the show uh both nights. I was very, very fortunate to be able to sit down and talk with her for about a full like 16, 17 minutes. We're gonna give you a little taste of that. The okay. full interview is up on the Sports Keto Wrestling YouTube and Facebook channel. So please make sure to go there. Make sure to subscribe. Make sure to give the old thumbs up there. Had somebody give me the thumbs down today before part two even aired. What? Like, what is up with you? What? Like, why would you give me a thumbs up before the video even aired? What kind of a soulless <laughs> monster are you? So please counteract that thumbs down with like a million thumbs up. I would really, really appreciate it. Both parts one and part two are up on the Sports Keto Wrestling YouTube and Facebook channels. Go there, subscribe, like us, like the video, and keep an eye out for more uh, exclusive content. But come up, coming up in a few minutes, you'll get a small taste of that Bailey conversation. Also, the legendary Jim Ross is with us. He is launching a new effort with ad-free shows, the uh, different pod collective of Conrad Thompson. We have an interview with Conrad coming up uh, sometime soon, but uh, you'll get a piece of this a very long, very lengthy Jim Ross interview. I got nearly 40 minutes with him. And uh, Jim and I went into some different directions. We talk about this new show he's doing, Studio Sessions, on ad-free shows. I'm a big radio geek. You're a big radio geek. He yep. did a radio show about wrestling before there were shoot interviews, before there was social media. And you had, he had people on the show, like, sort of breaking character. And he uh, coordinated efforts with Vince McMahon to, like, do things that were objective to WCW on the show. And it was right as he left WC. It's it's a wild story in terms of what this radio show he did for a period of time in the 90s was. Uh, and then we also talk about his relationship with Vince McMahon. We get in a very, very, very. lengthy conversation about Vince McMahon and uh, what it was like to sign John Cena and where he found John Cena and why he the bet on John Cena was the right bet to make. And, of course, we'll talk some AEW from him. That interview is long, 38 minutes. Uh, I'm going to say this right now. Normally, we, we spend some time producing these. For our podcast fans, only on audio, you guys will get that first. We're yes. going to drop that later on today. So after you see this episode, you want to stream some more stuff from us. I know a lot of people consume us on video. You'll only get that in our podcast feeds. So if you guys want to go and start checking out that podcast feed, here's a good way to do it. Spend some time with us on it. A 38-minute conversation with the legendary Jim Ross. A lot How of much that was spent on Oklahoma football? <laughs> uh, he, uh, I was, I almost wanted a ticker to see how much he mentioned college football in general. There was at least a few references to it. <laughs> there was at least a few references uh, to cornerbacks, and we got we got a halfback, and we got the yeah. There was at least a few great conversation with him. I mean, you immediately get this 
overwhelming sense of wisdom about what the wrestling business is and how he sees it and uh, how it has evolved and, and, and how he's evolved with it. Uh, and he's very open, very, very open, very much an open, very world. open, very honest and, and very generous with his time. I interviewed him a couple of years back. Um, you know, we were expecting like 10, 15 minutes. We ended up getting 25, 30. And I think it was a similar uh, situation for you. This guy loves to talk about the business. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to checking out that interview that you did. So uh, plenty to get into. This is our show where we catch everything going on in the week. We got WrestleMania backlash. We will run down the entire card. Tell you what stinks. Tell you what's going to kick ass because it's a it's a WWE show on Peacock on the network, and the pattern has been so so TV. Uh, SmackDown is great. Raw is off, and then the show happens. Everyone's going to be angry about it, and then it happens, and it's great. And I didn't want it to be great because I said it was going to suck. All right, that's gonna that's what's going to happen. All right, the, guess what's been happening since the pandemic started? I'm I'm not saying they had a completely clear record. But uh, WWE pay-per-views have been on a pretty solid streak. I'm not saying they're the best ever, but when they come on, you, you pay your whatever you get through Peacock, and this delivers. We'll run down that card. Uh, we have some big news that broke, we, we, that completely changed the rundown of our show uh, this week. Uh, earlier this afternoon, Zelina Vega opens yes. the conversation for us today. We thought she was, we thought she was done with WWE. She left on some pretty. Uh, uh, unceremonious circumstances trying to do her own third party thing with twitch trying to do her own only fans uh for for you know for you know fun content that she wanted to put out there right the cosplay stuff that way get, get your get your jaw off the floor she loves doing cosplay and she's really really good at it you know who i'm talking to i'm talking to the person on the other side of the screen who's like what you got only fans yeah because you know they all sound like that yeah if you're the type of person who has to pay people to watch their only fans for that type of content you're you you are what i think you are uh but zelina vega has been seen at the wwe performance center and i don't think you're at the wwe performance center if you're not on decent terms with wwe am i wrong correct and this was a report that was put out on fightful select sean ross app all over it like he uh he usually is we're gonna have to get him on this show one time and just talk about all the the big breaking news stories or, that he or as i like to call him millennial Meltzer. I like to call him Millennial Meltzer, Sean Rasson. That's that's really good. I'm wondering what his uh, reaction to that would be. Uh, <laughs> and actually, just as we were getting into this, literally got an update uh, from Fightful Select about Zelina Vega, and I'm sure they won't have any problem with me uh, reading this right now since this. Uh, well, we're go pay go pay for their stuff, we're, man. They have a, they yeah, have we're, a great. We're, we're five hours. This, this is going to air five hours after we recorded it anyway, so it's going to be out there. Uh, in an update since this morning, we're told specifically Zelina was filmed walking into the WWE Performance Center with Simone Johnson, the daughter of The Rock. We weren't told Ooh. if this is supplemental footage or if there is a plan behind that specifically. We were also informed that Zelina's return has been in the works for a while now. So it appears that this is this is going to happen in some capacity. We don't know mm. what yet, but Zelina Vega is going to be back with WWE. I was very, very happy, very, very excited to hear this news today because, uh, Kev, when, when she was let go back in the fall, like that was that was a gut punch because huge she was story going, too. I mean, huge, massive story with with the unionization and everything going on there, and there was that third party edict that came down, and there were a lot of people that were ticked off about that because Zelina was one of the ones that was very very active on Twitch and had a great mm-hmm. following on Twitch. Uh, people like her and Paige were very vocal about being you know against the third party edict and things like that. Zelina hasn't been very active on Twitch uh, in the in recent months. Uh, she 
I know she was let go right after she started her OnlyFans account. She doesn't have that anymore. From what I remember, she got rid of that like really, really quickly after that. So it was kind of almost like a, I'm going to do this on purpose and see what I can get away with kind of a thing. But uh, big story and a, and a big loss, I thought, for WWE because she was one of those people that carried. Remember the early part of the pandemic when it was on? It was all her. She, she was, she was like Cosma. the number, number one or two heel I'm on at Raw. Yes. As, as as the valet as the manager and she was great and then she started wrestling and she was great and it was like all right they got a star in the making here and then it's oh she gone that's a mistake that's a mistake that i thought would come back and bite wwe in the butt and maybe they realized it Uh, as a white Sox fan i appreciate you uh using a hawk harrelson reference right there (laughs) with she gone uh that's a deep that's a deep baseball joke um Zelina Vega, I think, is is a very unique character uh, in the sense that she's really known for being a manager more than a wrestler. I mean, she's had those matches and came to WWE with the pedigree, wrestled in Impact prior, I believe, and and had that and, and really worked hard on her craft on the independence to get where she is. But WWE used her in a way, specifically when Paul Heyman was in charge of, of Monet Raw. Obviously, Vince McMahon was fond of her. He, he would not use a character like that in that way, if, if especially if McMahon wasn't behind it. She is a ruthless, mean, conniving character, and she managed some very, uh, uh, you know, very virile characters and added to the added to their presence in the ring. And there's very few people who get to do that in WWE that aren't in ring performers right now. Right. It's a very unique position, and she stood out. And it made sense on a three hour Monday Raw. She was in four or five segments. Yeah, they and built made it work around her and 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 the guys. Yeah, and 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 also, uh, you know, you complicate the things outside of the ring. That's what we saw her do in the ring. She's married to Alistair Black on yeah. SmackDown, and and he was on the shelf for a long time with this. I was I gonna think, say he hasn't wrestled since she was let go. Yeah, but he's been doing this new uh, dark dark tales of the father gimmick, which right. is yeah, yeah, yeah. highly produced animation. Which you, if if WWE's doing these highly produced vignettes now uh, that have animation in them, which I think is very entertaining stuff. I think it's some of the most underrated things they're doing right now. Uh, it, it's interesting that uh, you know her her partner is back on television and now she's going to be back on television. Where do you think they mended the fence here? Ah, it's hard to tell. Like as Fightful Select Report said this was in, in talks for a while now. So, you know, like I said, I wouldn't be, I'm just speculating here. I wouldn't be stunned if, if WWE kind of realized like what it was one of the two things, either WWE realized. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We, we let go somebody special here and we need to get her back. Or maybe it was Zelina since she's the one that's not been on Twitch very much realizing you know what? Maybe it wasn't worth leaving WWE for you know a Twitch channel or, or something like that. That's just me speculating. I don't know. It's impossible for me to tell. You know what what the situation was, where things were were mended. But it's going to be interesting to see where things go from here. I'm I'm interested in what's going on with Alistair Black. We didn't see him last week. The reports were that they they cut chapter three of the his whole father story because I hope they didn't story. drop it. I, no, I don't think drop they dropped it. it. It was cut for time restraints. There was a couple of things that were cut for time restraints last week due to all the stuff they wanted to do with the, the throwback. I think it was Dave Meltzer who said it was the throwback and that was like a Fox thing that they wanted to do. So there was, yeah, they, that had to be they were doing a throw. They were doing like a throwback NASCAR race over the weekend. And uh, they, that, that was asked of them like fairly shortly, like within the last few weeks. Right. So it was kind of like this weird hodgepodge of, well, here's I enjoyed what, it. 
I thought it was really fun. It was a weird hodgepodge of here's what SmackDown would look like in the 1980s uh, instead of just focusing on the the rich history of Tuesday, Thursday and Friday night SmackDown and going from 2000 on. But it, it was it was kind of a mix, but it was still well I done. I did like the right amount of nostalgia. Yeah, they did play clips from the 2000s. So yeah. I, was, I was like, that is nostalgia now. Like they're starting right. to say like something that happened in 2003 is classic. And I was like, that makes me feel old. All right, yep. so uh-huh. but but I'll, but I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, it's a good thing. It's this is a good thing. This like, is a very it, very good thing. When people uh, want a bad WWE story, they're going to swarm over it. I'm not. I don't think this is a bad story. I think this is a good story. Another good story that I'm going to bring up that I think pissed some people off on the internet that I saw on Monday night uh, that they were mad about. Apparently they didn't follow that. He had been back. He'd been back for a while. Come right? on. No um, one watches main event, yeah, but main <laughs> event is one of the lower tier WWE shows. Uh, Jinder Mahal returning on that show, which is really seen by an international syndicated TV audience uh, outside of the United States and the major markets. And Jinder Mahal is back. He roughs off Jeff, Jeff Hardy. We'll talk about Jeff Hardy in a second here. Yeah. Uh, but Jinder Mahal, I, as I, I've told people many times, he is an underrated uh, jewel that WWE has. I'm not, I'm not saying I think he's the best wrestler in the world. The guy has a body like a million bucks, works right. his ass off, I think uh, is an underrated promo because he cuts the fundamental screw the knob, have the look, big, bad, old school heel promo. They're, they're, I'm not saying that he's breaking the mold. He's just building a very good classic mold to what he is. He's a yeah. stake. You know the what you get. The dude knows how to get heat. The dude mm-hmm. absolutely knows how to get heat. People hated it when he won the WWE Championship. I was there, dude. I was there. You want to talk about the air getting sucked out of a room? Uh, I was at Backlash when that happened. We have a Backlash this Sunday. Uh, when he pinned Randy Orton, no one, no one in Chicago believed that. I've never seen a more shocked audience in my entire life. Like live in person, because yes, like- absolutely, no one thought he he was doing that. Like, and because Randy Orton was wrecking uh, the Bollywood Boys, which were backing him up, he was right. just he was oh yes, Randy getting this guy. This is just this is a the Passover until you get Randy the next thing. This, that's yeah, all this guy is here. For. If you remember, that was like at the tail end where they were playing like they were playing hot potato with the WWE Championship because in January AJ Styles had it, and then he dropped it to John Cena, and then John Cena two weeks later dropped it to Bray Wyatt, and then Bray Wyatt drops it to Randy Orton at WrestleMania, and then Randy Orton a month later drops it uh, to Jinder Mahal, and everybody's like, what the hell is going on? Because Jinder (laughs) leading up to that was still, and I hate this term, so I'm not going to say, you know the J word I'm talking about, but he wasn't winning matches. He wasn't even close to winning matches. No, Dude wins one number one contender qualifying match and then beats Randy Orton and then proceeds to beat Randy Orton over the course of a summer. And it was a really, really good run. And then after that, he did a kind of brief thing with Jeff Hardy over the United States championship. And then he kind of fell back uh, down to the card and he's been hurt for the last year. So I am happy to see him back. He, two he, injuries too. He came yeah, back from an injury. injury and got injured again. Right. You so know? hopefully he's back. He can stay healthy. I'm excited to see gender. I would have liked to have seen more out of his return on Monday because that was like a very basic match on Monday with Jeff Hardy. It was like three and a half minutes. It was kind of a welcome back. Get your feet wet. Let's introduce reintroduce you kind of a thing. He could have done that with somebody other than Jeff Hardy. Yeah, but it's going to be interesting. He's back now. He's got the beefed up Bollywood boys uh, next to him. He's, he's upgraded uh, his security there uh, with Veer and, and Shanky. 
I believe uh, is his name Shanky. A, a <laughs> Shanky. Name. I immediately thought of that scene in Guardians of the Galaxy Two with Taserface, where he's like, "It is a Taserface. It is a name that will strike fear amongst the hearts of whoever hears it." And it I'm is just like, Shanky. It's Shanky. I'm like, <laughs> okay, so we got Veer and Shanky, so that's interesting. So you know, you got you got a group there. Let's see what they do there. But I think he could have had that match with anybody else. An enhancement talent. I don't know if I don't know Hi, if Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy. On, Jeff, on Jeff Hardy is forty-three. First ballot yeah. Hall of Famer, former world champion, one half of the Hardy Boys, one of the greatest of all time. Now I understand at this stage in his career, maybe he should be, you know, getting the next generation ready. Right? He's in that. If he's not a top guy at, in his forties, like a Randy Orton is right now, you know, he should be doing things that prepare the next generation. That is the. That is the. Uh, carried on tradition of, of professional wrestling. That's your spot in the roster. I, I don't think that's an awful spot, but a three minute squash to someone we haven't seen in a long, long time. I mean, mind you, they, they did this with Jeff Hardy back in the day where he was a smaller guy and he would just get beat. But I think Jeff has grown into his size in his forties, by the way, also yeah. had a bunch of injuries. People know he can hold his own in the ring. Um, and they didn't do anything with him around WrestleMania season. Now, mind you, WrestleMania gets busy, and some people get lost in the shuffle. I would say that. Right. Uh, but he's he is lost in the shuffle in a lot of different ways, and I, I just think there's more you can do with Jeff Hardy. So much more you can what do. Is, what has he really done since the the whole Sheamus, I'm going to throw a piss in your face thing? Like, really, what, is he, what has he done since he beat Sheamus in that bar fight? If he did this on NXT, I wouldn't have a problem with it. If they sent him over to NXT... And he was he was pairing up with all these new guys, and he's not finding his way, and and, and he's getting his ass kicked by all these hot new he's hot studs in the stable, and he's the he's the old stallion, you know. I I could I can understand it, uh, but on Raw it just feels I don't want to say it feels like another match. It, I wouldn't say that because you know, Mahal hasn't been on TV for a long time, and see neither is Jeff, right? Right. I just think there's more you can do with this Jeff character, and they had a lot of investment in him when he was his last run on SmackDown. He had the run to the Intercontinental Title. They talked about all of his personal tribulations. Uh, they gave you uh, an investment in the character. And when they invest in Jeff, when they get into Jeff, you know they go full tilt with him, and they really give Jeff the ball. Um, I don't know what happened here. Uh, I, I really don't. I don't know if they're saving because he's he signed a contract extension reportedly, so he's with WWE for a while. I highly mm -hmm. doubt they continue to use him in this role if if guys like randy orton if guys like chris jericho have shown us anything you can still be used in marquee ways in major matches and still put over you know younger talent i mean that's what randy orton is doing right now with the with, with matt riddle he is working with matt riddle and help building him up and help building him over and i think eventually team rk bro is going to win the raw tag team titles at some point uh, aj mm. styles doing the same thing with omos uh, right now aj styles is, he's close to 40 right he's he's getting up there he's up there yeah yeah, he's up there. But Chris Jericho, I think he's past it. I think he's past yeah, it. Yeah, Chris Jericho in his fifties is is putting guys over like, you know, Hangman Adam Page and, and MJF and, and help building these guys up, help building up the next generation while still hanging out there and being in those those main event matches. He main event in blood and guts and he he got beat by MJF and helped put him over and make him the top heel in the company. And that's what Jericho does. You can still be in the limelight, but put other people over. Yeah, major movie star has an issue with WWE's booking heading into this Sunday's WrestleMania Backlash. That is the name of the pay-per-view. And for uh, PR reasons, we're going to call it WrestleMania Backlash. <laughs> uh, no, uh, he, was, he was very uh, critical of this, and that man is Batista. Dave Batista yeah. has a new movie out called Army of the Dead. Uh, shout out to my buddy Tyler Treese at comingsoon.net 
longtime media friend got to interview him on the media junket for it uh, and got him to say what his zombie heist team would be if he had wrestlers on it. And he put together a great team. And he had he had uh, he he had Titus O'Neil on the team. He's Titus is my boy. Uh, he had I think I think he chose Randy Orton. I'm not sure if he chose Randy Orton. He chose. Um, he definitely said he wanted Ray Mysterio because Ray could do things that no one else can do. Sure. Right. And then he said we'll get Big Show because we'll use Big Show as the bait. Big Show is so big. <laughs> See, that's zombies. That's what I was thinking. Give me an entire team of beef. Give me an entire <laughs> offensive line in front of me to just block for me. Screw, no, screw like, if care. they leave, if they give the zombie hordes Big Show, they can just get away. Right. Remember when they just when <laughs> when Shane just left Otis to die in the back? Not Otis WWE Otis, but a character named Otis, big hefty dude, just shot him in the leg and let the zombie. Zombie, uh, the zombie uh, buffet began and he was able to limp away. <laughs> uh, it's a great interview over coming soon.net. Uh, so good to him. Movies coming out soon on Netflix, I believe. Uh, so he's, he's been kind of out there a little bit more active on social media. He went off on their booking of Oscar and WWE. Uh, what's your take on this? I kind of agreed with him. Uh, I wouldn't say he they they jobbed out Oscar, but that that was his, that was what he was saying. Yeah, that, was that's on, his word, yeah, for jobbing out. It was out in Oscar. Twitter. It was in Twitter. Yeah, right. So Oscar competed twice on Raw. Mm-hmm. Um, she had the the six woman tag match that she won thanks to what we believe was an assist from Alexa Bliss, but we don't really know for sure. But it was strange that Shayna Baszler's leg just magically gave out, allowing Oscar uh, to hit the running knee and win that matchup. Uh, But then later on in the night, Sonya Deville agreed with Charlotte for whatever reason that it would be good for Rhea and Asuka to fight for the third time in four weeks on Raw. And they put Asuka in a one-on-one matchup with Rhea Ripley that she lost. A little bit of a protection there. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, she did kind of get distracted from from Charlotte and got got thrown into the barricade or, or whatever it was. So a little bit of protection there, some outside interference and the fact that she wrestled twice. But yeah, she did lose again to Rhea Ripley the week before a pay-per-view matchup. And I agree with Batista in the fact that I don't think this was the right call to do. Wouldn't you want all three of your competitors to look incredibly strong heading into this title match? I would have given them all three singles matches. Give them I, I, would say, singles I would say matches. the, the, the men's match, they're doing a triple threat for the men as well with Braun, right. Drew, and Bobby, and we'll, we'll run that down with Lashley. I think they all look pretty strong heading into this match. There's some... Yeah. There's some fumbling with it, but they haven't done that with the women. No, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't really think Rhea looks particularly strong on this and she's the Raw women's champion. Yeah, this is, man, this one's going to be a tough one to call and we'll, we'll get into it, but it's like it, this, the way that they're setting this up screams like they're getting ready to put the title back on Charlotte, which would send the entire WWE universe into a tizzy. Like anytime Charlotte wins a championship, you know, it drives the WWE universe crazy because she's already a 13 time world champion, but you do it right after you take you know, Rhea Ripley and she wins the title at WrestleMania. If they have Charlotte beat Rhea Ripley or Asuka again, for that matter, that is really going to take off people. And maybe that's their intention. Maybe they want to get that nuclear heat. Yes. People forget this, Rick. You know, the thing about villains is the bad guys, right? The heels, right? You're not supposed to like what they do. I love. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care how many Twitter followers you have, or how much you are Sasha Banks, babe, forty nine. All right. I don't care. I don't. It doesn't matter. 
All right. You know what matters is that you got mad and you want to see someone kick Charlotte's ass. Right. And you can say Charlotte only gets this because she's Ric Flair's daughter. Charlotte only gets this because she's tall and hot. Oh, you know what they're doing? They got you right here. All right. Yeah. Rent got free you right here. And if you, and if you're saying I'm not going to watch, but I'm going to follow it. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, you're not watching it, but you're following it. I'm not going to watch, but I'll, I'll watch it on YouTube. You're watching it. You're watching. You're getting them clicks. You're watching make, it, dude. They make a ton of money off of those millions of uh, YouTube videos they get a week. All right. And yeah, you're right. They they live. They got you rent free in your head. They live rent free in your head. Every Sorry to use that, that bro, that bro, that bro speak of rent free in your head, but <laughs> rent free in your head is wrestling before people understood that. Right. It's just something that Instagram douches took over and the, they made it their own. Oh, that's come on now, you know? Right. And let's not forget it's, you know, Stone Cold never really had a, a really long, long title run. Like the, these, these, these lengthy, t- like Becky Lynch being the top baby face in the company and holding the belt for over a year. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen very often. So maybe they think Rhea is better in the chase. Maybe that's their big program heading into the summer is they want Charlotte to take the women's title right off of Rhea really quickly, like John Cena via Edge. Edge wins the title for the first time. A month later, John Cena has it. And those two ended up having a rivalry that lasted years. Yeah. Maybe that's the case here. Maybe that's the story they want to tell. They want Rhea to chase Charlotte throughout the summer and take the title off of her at SummerSlam and finally get her big moment in front of fans once again. If they get the time, this match is going to be a banger. Yeah. And, and I I think I think that's the truth. You have two really, really strong athletes. I think you have a great ring general in both Oscar and and Charlotte here. Uh, and Rhea has a lot of unique power. She's proven herself to be able to deliver in some big match situations. Uh, I think this is a real test for her. Uh, I'm on it raw. I think I thought WrestleMania was already, uh, but this is a different one. This is now. Right. Can you run with the belt? Is that what we're gonna do? Uh, and that still seems 50 50. As much people bitch about Monday at Raw and how the promos weren't particularly great, that it, uh, no one was super dialed in, specifically the women. I can say this it's not like you know for sure who's going to win this match. And I yeah, think when they, when they, when they can get you there, I think it's kind of the sweet spot they like right now is, is right. like, uh, I'm 90% sure Oscar's not winning this match. And, and, and that's the thing is she has not looked particularly great really since the summer like since she took the title off of sasha banks they really haven't invested a whole lot in oscar she had like two title defenses on a pay-per-view ahead of wrestlemania and they were against zelina vega and i can't even remember who the other one was against to be honest with you she had like two title defenses against zelina vega she beat somebody else clash of champions was her last title defense until wrestlemania season on a pay-per-view so it was that booking the way that they did with the champion and then they throw her Rhea Ripley like last minute like two week build up to this matchup and then she loses and then the way that they booked her heading into this championship match I think was kind of what helped drive the Batista comments and what kind of like fuels the the hatred of everything like that is that they really haven't given Asuka a whole lot of respect since she won the title back from Sasha Banks last fall before we end this podcast, before we end this stream, wherever you're taking it, and we'll run down the rest of the WrestleMania Backlash card. In a few minutes, we'll be speaking with Bailey. We still have that uh, wonderful clip with Jim Ross, but SummerSlam. We're not looking past Backlash, but SummerSlam has been the talking point amongst wrestling fans for the past few weeks because it's been building. We knew about this kind of almost before WrestleMania. 
WrestleMania is going to be the first big show that WWE does with live fans in the pandemic. As vaccinations wrap up across the United States, you have some you have some uh, some uh, states like particularly Florida for the most part and Texas formally saying that they're pulling back all these regulations and they're going right. to go for broke. Other parts of the country saying no, we're going to wait. I'm Ohio in Chicago. Did the same thing, by the way, WWE June second, they're 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 done with all the restrictions. So here in Ohio, Stadium, Great American Ballpark here in Cincinnati, we're available. We're open. All right, business, all right. so we're talking SummerSlam locations. <laughs> You've made the pitch for the nasty natty. All right, let's let's get everyone to come out and eat a bowl of chili. That that's your Hell big that's your big goal. Sounds like all a right. good well, time to me. All right, all right. Well, I'm gonna make a better poll. I'm gonna make a better poll here. You want you want to start making pitches? Why don't you come? Why don't you come to the city that holds up the heart of America? All right. I pitch that. Uh, a, a city with 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 pizza thicker than our the cement in our street. All right. I, I'm talking about the. I, I, you want We got two ballparks. We got two. You want to talk about a wrestling classic? Come on, SummerSlam in Wrigley Field. Book it. Book it. Oh. Book it. All right, I'm a, I'm a White Sox dump. fan saying we should do it at Wrigley Field. All right, Who that's the... go to that dump. <laughs> it is a dump. <laughs> it is a, a delightful their dump. Press, and... Their press box looks like the place they shot Pesci and Goodfellas. <laughs> <laughs> They've improved it quite a bit. Wrigley Field, uh, I will say, is Wrigley Field great concert venue. I enjoy it more for concerts than I do for baseball. Uh, I've seen some great shows there. Uh, but no, it's it's the best dive bar in all of sports. Wrigley Field. I mean, that that. The, I mean that in the best way. Comes. Right, no, I get it. It's got a lot of character. We'll go with that. Eric so SummerSlam, though, locations. These have been building. We knew that that was kind of the objective, though it's never been said. That's been the rumblings. Uh, WWE President Nick Khan saying that when we go back on the road after WrestleMania, that was the exception. We wanted to do that because it was WrestleMania. We owe that sure. to the fans for being out here this long. But when we're back and we're out of the Thunderdome, we're back and we're out of the Thunderdome and we're back on the road in some way or another. So SummerSlam would be that launching point. That's what we've learned here from very many verified sources. Wrestle votes saying that there's several locations with one being the leading factor. More than added. We heard about Texas where those regulations have been pulled back. Phoenix, Arizona, where they feel they can pull them back. And they obviously have the, uh, the venues to do this with. They've played Phoenix Royal Rumble already. Uh, and then we throw in New York City's Madison Square Garden. Jose yeah. and I covered that on the top story of the day a few days ago. The de- the next day, we're talking we're talking Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, we're talking we're talking a stadium in Las Vegas, Nevada. WrestleMania is a big deal. I think this SummerSlam could be an even bigger deal this year. Yeah, because we're talking about a show with a, a lot less regulations, a lot less people spread out, probably a lot more people. Maybe even yeah, we're talking full capacity here. I think yeah. by the time. I mean, you're talking about states are already lifting COVID-19 restrictions, good, bad, or indifferent, whatever. But WrestleMania, I believe the 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 most rumored recent date that I saw was like August 22nd. So we're talking people tr- lifting everything before the 4th of July. Then you have another month on top of that of COVID-free restrictions. And and, and you also have the getting, vaccinations at scale. Vaccinated. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you have the vaccinations at scale. So if the vaccinations stay at the scale that they're at, that makes complete sense. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying it's 100% safe. And I'm not going to hold it against WWE. At some point, people are just going to make those decisions for themselves and get out there. This isn't a political conversation. Right. But all the timing lines up for WWE to make this year's SummerSlam a very, very big event. Right, and, and I think they're going to try and get as many people as possible. And we saw that with WrestleMania, where they tried to get 
more than the 25,000 people that they were allowed each night at. And at that pushed the tickets back by about a week and a half. Yeah. Right. Exactly. They were trying to get more. There was rumors they wanted 45,000 people there each night, which would have been really, really difficult with travel and everything. If you have the ability now to set this up two months in advance, a month in advance, whatever, what have get you your shot, get all your shots in, in a while, get your ticket. Let's go. You know, I think, I think Vegas with that new stadium, with those new arenas and the new stadium that they have over there where the Raiders play now makes a ton of sense. Las Vegas out West where you can get as many people as possible. You're going to be able to get more people in Las Vegas than you will Madison square garden. It'd be cool mm. to go to Madison square garden, but you're going to get more people out in Las Vegas. Uh, and plus there's just a whole lot to do out in Las Vegas. Great way to spend your free time and uh, your, your expendable money. Uh, but uh, either yeah. way, I, 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 there's something I think special about doing it at the spiritual home of the brand of WWE in Madison square garden. I think there's something special about that. Uh, I think there's something special about doing it in New York when they're the, they're one of those cities who was hit really hard by COVID and, and, and also there's maybe a media play that would be bigger if you did it in New York. Cause that's a media capital. And there's so many, there's a lot, not just media companies. You're talking licensees, advertisers. It becomes a convention. You bring them out. Hey, WWE, look how ahead of the curve we are in terms of entertainment. Because think about this. WWE could be the first real full touring thing uh, that people know in scale. Corn uh, and Stained just announced a, a stadium, uh, an amphitheater tour. Uh, there's been about, I think, the, over a dozen different concert announcements this week. That is coming back. Some of them in June, late August. So the timeline's up. For them to play a place like this and make it a big deal, I could go either way, Vegas or New York City. Uh, I think I'm making a trip. I, th I think I, I'm making myself oh, a trip. I'm there for sure. We'll do a live episode of the Inside Cradle live from wherever SummerSlam is. We're doing that. We'll do it with a hangover. We'll make we'll make Jose hold our heads up while we're, if, while we're, do, we're doing. If, it. if it's Vegas, we'll do it live from the buffet at the Bellagio. <laughs> I don't give a damn. We'll do it out in front of the fountain. Let's if go. we do it, if we do it, can I just um can I wear those big sunglasses that Zach Galifianakis has in the hangover? And and we just we put um we'll put we'll put uh we'll we'll, we'll put Raju from uh from from our writing staff in, in the baby Bjorn. <laughs> and he'll be the baby and we'll just walk oh. around like hangover the whole time. Uh, he looks like a Carlos, sure, yeah. We'll <laughs> Shout out to Rizu. Shout out to everybody at the Sports Geeta writing staff. Go get the app, by the way. You can read all of our articles on our app available on Google Play and the Apple Store. So let's get into it. Ding dong. You had a lot to say here with Bailey. Yeah, it was great. We we sat down for uh, quite a while. We talked about uh, WrestleMania Backlash, her match with uh, Bianca Belair. And Bailey is so fun to interview because she seamlessly will transition from in-character to out-of-character interviews. Yes. So she like, did that with, she did that with you like like at least three or four times in time. Right. Minutes. But here's the thing, like it's so easy cuz like when I talked to Apollo Cruz, it was really hard to tell when he was giving me a genuine answer or when he was giving me an in-character answer. And I think most of that had to do with the fact that he did the entire thing in the accent. So that like made it really really hard. But Still a great interview. It was still a great interview yeah. and it's available on the Sports Kid Wrestling YouTube channel in, <laughs> in its entirety. Uh but Bailey, man, she is so seamless and going from in character to out of character. She just made it really really fun. We talked about WrestleMania backlash. Uh she gave me a, a couple of in character inter uh, answers about Bianca Belair. Uh gave me a, a really nice uh in or out of character uh response about what she really thinks about Bianca Belair. Got very, very emotional talking about Sasha Banks in the main event of WrestleMania, and all of that is available on the uh, Sports Geeta Wrestling uh, YouTube channel. Uh, but we got into a lot more, and that's the uh, the section right there in the middle uh, that uh, that I, I, I pulled for this, starting with her own role 
at WrestleMania, which she said was a very last minute thing. Let's get to it. here a little bit because admittedly i was one of those sheep as you as you like to call us i'm i'm on i'm on twitter i'm clamoring for something for for you to happen at wrestlemania 37 you know i, I was so happy to see you when you showed up basically took over the hosting duties i think you had as as much if not as if not more screen time than than hogan and titus of course that all came to a head with a little scuffle there with the bella twins on night two you know God. How long before Mania did you know that this role for you was kind of to locked in? And what did you think about that angle with the now Hall of Famers? <laughs> um, well, not to give too much away, but that was a very last minute thing, you know. And I, I think it did have a big deal to do with people on, on Twitter and people kind of speaking their voice, which which I appreciate, you know. But I would have liked the two nights off, guys. It would have been <laughs> nice to sit back for once. I had to defend so many titles in the past at WrestleMania, so it would have been nice. And then I try to do something good for them. And then I get tossed off the freaking stage by these two mothers. So embarrassing. But you know what? It's all good. It's all in the past, and I'm back where I'm supposed to be. Social media is such a strange monster, isn't it? Because, you know, it, it can be something like that where fans' voices are heard. And then, you know, the, there's something like somebody says one little thing and then it builds and it builds and it builds. And all of a sudden you're being, being mentioned with Becky Lynch at WrestleMania 37, some kind of, of angle there. And then it doesn't help that you have somebody like Becky who will take a small fire and throw a can of gasoline on it and turn it into a rager. But, you know, it, it got people talking. As far as you know, was that just wishful thinking or was that option ever on the table? I think it's just wishful thinking. And I think it's people just <laughs> ready to see Becky back and ready to see me get my butt kicked, I guess. <laughs> well, but see, here's going to happen because she didn't come back. Suckers. <laughs> She's too busy and that was beautiful mom. And that was the thing. Like, I think it was wishful thinking for me. Because not not that I wanted to see you get your butt kicked, but because, you know, I'll be happy whatever Becky's doing when she comes back, because it's now been a full year since we've seen her. But I want to see that that Becky Lynch and Bailey rivalry and feud that we really haven't gotten quite yet to see play out uh, either on Raw or SmackDown. And I know there's a good story there between you two that you guys have to want to be telling sooner rather than later. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it'll happen sometime. We both. We both have, you know, some time left here. We both still have a lot of things we want to do. I'm sure she she has a list of things she wants to do. Uh, and the last time I think we were in the ring together may have been when I beat her up with a chair. Uh, maybe a few times after that. But I'm sure she's ready to get her hands on me and I'll be ready um, because I've been doing a lot since she's been gone. You know, this is a consistent Bailey right here. No time off for me. I've been making moves, Becky Lynch. I was going to say, that's the story right there. She leaves on top, and now, boom, here you are. It's yeah. Bailey. You think she'd yeah. want to come back and, and try to knock you off that pedestal a little bit? She better start down here. I know she <laughs> gave up her championship, but that don't mean she's going to come back and be right back in that picture. She better start out at the very bottom, just like I've been doing. I mean, I've been at the top for the past, you know, <laughs> over 500 days. But Right, exactly. You know. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, you have been doing great work, uh, no hyperbole there, you know, whatsoever. And you seem to be having a ton of fun, you know, playing this, this role that you're in this, this heel role and you, you see it in every one of your segments. And again, you excel at it and you've been, 
you know, this is something you said that you that you have pushed for, uh, you know, because you you felt like your old character was was limited. At at this point, though, if WWE said, "Hey, we we want you to go back to being, you know, a babyface," you know, would you want to do that? You know, have you given any thought to how this Bailey would transition into being a babyface again? Um, to me, I think I've always looked at my work in this way, and I the reason I think that the the hugger gimmick and um the ponytail and the stream the, the tassels and all that stuff worked back then was because it was my mindset and it was because of how i really felt i felt like the underdog for most of my life i felt like the underdog in nxt um i felt like the fans that were watching because i was still so connected to that fandom you know um and then when the when it came came time for the character change it was because i was trying and trying and trying and things weren't happening it wasn't going the way i wanted to so i knew that i had to make a change and so it was a natural change. So I think the same way if, if that were to come up and something were to happen to where they wanted another change for me, it would have to happen organically and I would have to truly feel that because it's the only way I could do my best work and how I think you know some of the most successful artists and performers do their best work is they have to truly feel it. So if it comes time to that, um, there, there has to be a good reason, something behind it and I have to start feeling less annoyed of all of the fans, I guess. <laughs> obviously, they're very vocal. They still want to support you, you know, on Twitter and everything like that. And, you know, obviously there were fans there, you know, at, at WrestleMania 37. Was the reaction that you got from them kind of what you were, were what you were expecting? Um, I, get, I guess I didn't really get a chance for to soak in much of a reaction. You know, I, I heard them a few 10 people over here chanting my name when I did this stuff out there with Michael Cole. Um, and then the little bit that I got to do on stage right before the bell is through me. Uh, so I, I don't really know. It was kind of like a mixed reaction, but I didn't really get a chance to sit out there and see how they are taking to me after all this time. Cause I haven't been around fans, you know? So, I mean, I think whenever I get to have a match in front of fans, it's going to be like WrestleMania. It's going to be like the biggest match ever because I was like the only person left off the freaking roster that wasn't on the show. So let's make it a big deal whenever I return back to the fans. Absolutely. Main event, hands down. <laughs> let's, let's book it. I don't care against two, literally anybody. Like I was screaming on Twitter, just Bailey against anybody, main event, let's go. <laughs> um, you know, the how has the transition back to being in the Thunderdome now been? Because it's like, it feels like they gave you this, this little appetizer. It's like, oh, the fans are back. Here it goes. And now... They never served you dinner. Like you're 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 back in the Thunderdome now. Yeah, it is weird. It was like um, it, it we're we're so used to it now, which is a, a sad thing to say. So it was, I guess, it's like a little tease, a little carrot dangle. Um, but I think it kind of also makes us just that much eager to to get better and that much eager to just for the world to get better. You know, we got that taste, and now we know that we still have that fire inside of us that the fans are still there for us. So it just kind of um helps us push forward i guess speaking of uh pushing forward uh you are a smackdown superstar but there's uh some big doings going on over on uh monday night raw and last night we saw a return vignette uh for one eva marie referred to herself as the super role model and i was immediately like i wonder how bailey feels about that and as luck would have it here I am talking to you the very next day. And I know you got a couple of shots out there on social media, but how'd you <laughs> feel about that one? Well, it was, uh, I have to say, I wasn't, I, don't, I guess I was surprised, but it's like, you know, there's 
people out there that call themselves the role model and now there's another one and now it's just to the point where I was nice and I let one slide but I'm not letting this slide she's coming back into my world we we have a past we have a history I've wrestled Eva Marie so many times and I've actually had a lot of fun with her she's was one of my favorite people to be in the ring with but that don't mean I'm gonna let you come in here and try to be the role model of WWE because there's only one there's the one and it's Bailey. So um, she's going to have to try to think of another name, all pink, everything or something. But um, if you want to fight for the name, we could do that too. I was going to say, you, you you mentioned there that you had a lot of fun. And that was one of the things that you told uh, Stone Cold. It was like that brief word association. And, and he brought up even Marie and you said the most fun that you've ever had in a match. You know, what, what was it in particular about that match or, or her in person that made, you know, working with her so much fun? Um, you know, it was just that she was, she's honestly one of the most hated you know, wrestlers that we've had when she's very polarizing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, it was so awesome because the fans were still so on my side. Um, I remember doing a promo at NXT one time and she, we were literally talking back and forth and she couldn't get a word in because they, every time she put the mic up, they were booing so loud. Like we couldn't hear each other face to face. I was trying to talk and I could not hear her or she couldn't hear me. Um, until we saw the camera guys like, just talk because we have, a, obviously we have a mic where TV is going to hear us, but, um, and then we've wrestled on so many live events for NXT that were non-televised and it was literally the same thing. She can go and do anything. She could walk, just put her foot in the ring and they were eating her up. It was just the most fun. Like it's, those are those things where you don't really have to do much. You don't have to put on this big five-star match because the crowd reaction is what it's all about. And it was just so simple and so fun absolutely love this conversation she wow. is she is so good and gave a lot of nuggets in there i love the little jab at dr Britt baker uh, <laughs> where's where that that, you, that went over my head yeah when she was talking about well, there, there's already somebody else out there calling herself the role model oh, okay you know, all right no no, no you're right you're right that, that totally like, went I could, over my head i, I could have dived in at it but i was like you know what that was just too perfect we'll let that one sit We'll let a sleeping dog lie on that one. No need to start a war here between Bailey and Britt Baker. Maybe if one of them changes companies one day, that could be very, very interesting. No, the but, WWE uh, AEW tribalism is too easy. It's cheap heat. It's cheap yeah, heat in 2021. It's, it's, it's absolutely cheap heat. But I loved, you know, her diving into Eva Marie as somebody that the audience just loves to absolutely hate. And there is value in that. And that is something that we talked about last week on last week's episode of why Eva Marie's coming back and why she could work and why is she's money? Because if you have no heat, you ain't got anything in professional wrestling. And she is again, people love to hate her. It'll be interesting to see how they bring her back. Cause there's rumors that they're bringing her back as a baby face. I think that would backfire worse than when they tried to bring back Batista as a baby face. Cause it's like, Oh, we'll be excited to see you for about eight minutes. <laughs> and then we want to move you. Like we love you, Drax. You're great. But uh, no, we we want to see. Don't Prime don't push win. our favors back down the card. Don't do that. Right, exactly. Yeah, don't do that. Uh, you you bring up Eva Marie. She responded to this interview. We yeah, we, uh, we put out a clip on Twitter, and she uh, caught wind of it, and and relinquished the role <laughs> model title real quick. Be, be real quick. <laughs> relinquished the had role no model title in for that whatsoever. <laughs> Uh, maybe maybe they were gonna have one on Raw and one on SmackDown. They're gonna be the role models of the specific. The role model. Yeah. 
Um, but she she did that. It was just kind of interesting based off a clip when somebody responds and stuff. Sometimes you see like you're just another interview they're doing. It's fine. Like they get it. That's no rip on us, right? It's just they, they, so when somebody does it, it's always interesting. Like, oh, okay, they're going in for business on our little chat show. <laughs> That's fine. I appreciate that. And you know, gosh, man, like seriously, that was me on Monday night. By the way, I'm sitting there. I'm I'm watching Raw and I'm doing research for this Bailey interview, which we did. Uh, we taped on Tuesday. And then when that Eva Marie thing rolled up and she called herself the super role model, I literally mm. looked up to the ceiling like, thank you, God. Uh, that was going to work well into my favor tomorrow. That's fantastic. Rick Uccino, mortal of Cincinnati, Ohio. It is I, wrestling God. I send you this blessing of this red-haired seductress who will give you a great piece of information on your interview tomorrow. Ding dong. Hello. Yeah, was literally, gave me, literally gave me three more questions to add to the list of 26 uh, <laughs> that, I, that I had written down and I didn't even get to most of them. Uh, so I'm looking forward to chat with Bailey again one day. Yes. Again, that entire interview, both parts one and two uh, is up on the Sports Kitty Wrestling YouTube and Facebook. Like it, subscribe to it and love it. If you're a fan of Wrestling God, let us know if you should make more appearances. I'm a fan of Wrestling God. (laughs) We have fun here. Uh, WrestleMania Backlash is this Sunday, airing at 7 p.m. Eastern on Peacock in the United States. WrestleMania, uh, excuse me, WWE Network everywhere else. WrestleMania Network, they could have called it that too. Uh, So a lot of people have been down on this card, but I do think it has some really solid pieces, particularly over on the SmackDown side of things. We already ran down the women's triple threat, but let's talk about it. Bianca ba- uh, Bianca Bailey, SmackDown Women's Championship. Bianca, I think, has lost some steam since having maybe the best match for WrestleMania weekend this year. I think it's hard to say that she's lost steam because they haven't really had her do much but cut a couple of promos. Like, really, yeah. they she hasn't done much at all. So it's, it, it's, it's kind of I'm like, not saying she fell off the face of the earth. No, no, right, no, 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 no. right. No. But I mean, Here's the thing, though. It's not like she had a whole lot of steam going into WrestleMania because that build to I, WrestleMania with, with Sasha was awful. I and thought, hey, the Rumble, it's just sustained gratification. You know, you get the big wins, and they got they have a lot of television to tell before right. we can give you the next big moment. So maybe when we're just consuming so much content week by week, there's some sense of just, you know, be patient with it. Um, what do you think they do here? Is is Bailey going to squander this thing? Is she going to spoil this thing early? Is this feel-good tour that... uh? Bianca's on. Are, are we going to see something here? I'm yeah. of the sense that Bianca is going to get past her. Bianca, ba- Bailey is Teflon. Uh, if she if she loses here, I think she can still be a player in the game. Oh, absolutely. I think I think this is just the appetizer to something bigger that is coming, and I think it's going to be a triple threat at SummerSlam, and I think it's going to involve Bianca, Sasha, and Bailey. I think that's going to ultimately be the 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 big blow off. They'll they'll have the the Money in the Bank ladder match to kind of. Uh, break things up here a little bit you could put both Sasha and Bailey into that matchup uh at money in the bank with Bianca still holding on to the title maybe Bianca takes on somebody like a Liv Morgan or Ruby mm-hmm. Riot or or somebody else a Carmella uh would be good uh there to to kind of fill that spot but I think ultimately uh that's the match they're going to go towards SummerSlam and I think Sasha who we've barely seen the last time we saw Sasha she was asked about how she lost that match to to Bianca and she stormed off and we haven't seen her since I think Sasha gets involved this Sunday and either causes a disqualification or ultimately accidentally leads to Bianca uh, holding on to it. I think it's too soon to take the belt off of her. You know, all those boo birds on Twitter that would get really angry if Charlotte like won the raw women's championship, right? They they're the same crowd that would 
love if Bailey won. Bitchy, nasty Sasha Banks coming out to the ring to, to like interfere. It's weird. It's almost like it doesn't matter what actually makes sense. Give me what I want right now. Give me what I want right now. Uh, Damian Priest versus Miz. This is a lumberjack match on a pay per view. Haven't seen one of these on a pay per view in quite some time. Following up their match at WrestleMania. Uh, following up their match for the last four months. Uh, because <laughs> that is all they've had Damian Priest do since they brought him over to Raw. He's wrestled the same five guys. He's it's wrestled been, like Mojo. Uh, Mojo no, it, it's been Elias. It's been Jackson Riker. It's been Miz. It's been Morrison. And there was like Angel Garza. Those are the five people that he's wrestled, period, since he was brought up to Raw in January. Damian Priest needs to win this match, and it needs to be the last time that he does anything with Miz and Morrison for a very, very long time. I would love to see him get into the United States title picture immediately. Give me him Damian and Sheamus get a do him and Sheamus. Right. Yeah. They were they have some great matches. Breaks also, this round for the love of God. This is a lumberjack match, so expect maybe 14 different 24-7 uh championships to change I hands. Seen the 24-7 title in weeks. This is a great way to bring it back. You have a bunch of lumberjacks at ringside. It is the low card title, uh, a fun yeah. one. Everyone everyone makes fun of it, but I always think it makes perfect sense. You can do so many fun things with it and have it pop up on you know talk shows and stuff like that. Here's a match I'm looking forward to. Uh, a couple of years ago, I had to interview Rey Mysterio while he was on an injury. This is uh, as he was coming back to WWE. And he was kind of being open. Like, I'm at a certain point. I've had so many injuries uh, and I can come back from them, but I know there's less of my career in front of me than more. Uh, and the next state phase of my career is to get my son ready for this. The biggest story, I think one of the more underrated stories of the pandemic of wrestling in 2020, and we're now significantly into 2021. I don't think we need to forget about this. Dominic Mysterio had one of the best WWE debuts of all time. And he got in the ring with Seth Rollins and he was made a star in a night, a star, maybe not a superstar, uh, but there's some things he can do that nobody else gets to do, like win a championship with their father. The Mysterios yeah. will take on the Dirty Dogs. It's so much. It's so fun to say that. Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode, SmackDown Tag Team Titles. Come on, feel good story. The Mysterios get these belts. Are we holding it out until SummerSlam? If I were making the call, I would hold it out until fans. I think Ray and Dominic winning the titles, the feel first good moment, father and son. I mean. I'm going to go way back here, but that's like Ken Griffey Sr. and Ken Griffey Jr. both homering in the same game for the Seattle Mariners back in the the, the early 90s or the mid-90s or whenever it was that that happened when uh, Griffey Jr.'s career got underway. Mm -hmm. That is just such a really cool, organic, awesome moment that you can't you can't write. You, you, you can only just, do it once. And you, you can only, only do, do it once. once. I think that's yeah. one of those things where you have to do it in front of the fans. What I think is going to happen is they're going to spoil it at WrestleMania backlash. They're going to do it at the Thunderdome because I think sooner rather than later, they want to put the tag titles back on the Usos and they need them on baby faces in order to do that. So I think they're going to take them off of the dirty dogs, put them on the Mysterios just so they can job out to the Usos. But you know, we'll, we'll see. That wouldn't be a bad match at SummerSlam either. The Mysterios versus the Usos. That would be, that would be great. And yes, you are absolutely right about Dominic Mysterio, by the way, you talk about his, his WWE debut. That was his pro wrestling debut. Yeah. He hasn't wrestled anywhere other than WWE. And this guy doesn't have 
house shows. This guy doesn't no. have, you know, live events anywhere that he could go. He's literally grown up on Friday night SmackDown and Monday think, night. Think Raw. about that. If, if they hold this out and they hold it out until SummerSlam, because they're going to do it. It's going to happen. It'll right? happen. Uh, I think I do agree with that, but I do think there could be a fun story to still tell here. And also talk about, as I mentioned, functional characters, characters that do the function of what they're supposed to do. Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler are underrated players. On oh, absolutely. Right now. Hands down. And the dirty dogs thing, they aren't calling them that, but they get to call themselves that uh, Pat McAfee has to say it every week on commentary. <laughs> Uh, and I enjoy every time, every Friday or Saturday morning, whenever I get to see SmackDown, just yell, Dirty Dogs. That was Dirty Dogs at I TV. I Learn Rude. I love them as a team. I think they they work really, really well together. I would love Robert Rude is one of the best tag team wrestlers in the history of wrestling, period. He's won tag team titles all over the world, all over multiple promotions with several different partners. And this one, this one with, with, uh, with Ziggler works for me. I think a lot of people who crap on them tend to have Dolph Ziggler fatigue because he's just been around for, for so long, but I love these two together. I would not be mad if they retained. I'd like to see them again, hold on to those titles throughout the summer until dropping them to the Mysterios at SummerSlam. Wouldn't mind it. Would not mind it. Coming up, we'll have Jim Ross. He'll be talking with us here before we uh, close out this episode. Some very unique comments about him, about AEW returning to the road. They've officially announced those plans. So we'll get into that, but continuing here, a couple more big matches yes. on the backlash card here. Uh, we could go into detail uh, about things that have upset us with WWE, hot and cold booking, right? Uh, but I do think when you just have elements that are big and larger than life, you can have some fun things. And I do think this is a match that will exceed the expectations. It is the almighty WWE champion Bobby Lashley defending in a triple threat against Braun Strowman, the human being who incarnates a, a train, and Drew McIntyre, who we interviewed in episode one. Go yes. back and listen to that interview. Uh, so go check that out or watch it wherever you guys watch your podcasts or listen to them. So Drew McIntyre, Braun Lashley, who you got? I think with the re- I think they tipped their hand with the return of Jinder Mahal. I think mm. Bobby Lashley is retaining. Uh, on Sunday, uh, I was I was on the fence. I genuinely did not know, but the more I think about it, I'm sitting here going, "Gosh, it just really makes sense to do Jinder Mahal versus Drew McIntyre over the summer, doesn't it? Like that makes sense to be like the big program for them to have a blow off uh, at some personal Sunday. issue. They don't they were need in- the title for it. Drew McIntyre, as much as I love talking with him, has been in the WWE title picture for well over a year now. Let's pump him back down. Give somebody else a, a shot to to move up the card here. I don't think they pulled the trigger and put the title on Strowman, which process of elimination gives us Bobby Lashley holding on to it, which again, I'm not mad because the way Bobby Lashley has been booked for the better part of a year, pretty much since they split up him and Lana and put him with MVP, it has been perfect. Everything from the, the entrance to the way he is presented, screams star, screams realism, screams mm-hmm. threat. I love the almighty rain we've had so far, and I think it continues on Sunday. It protects that long sought after Lesnar Lashley match that people yes. want. You know? Yes. So uh, this is the one I think that most people are going to be tuning in for. I do think this is, unfortunately, though, it has the most anticipation, but it's also po- possibly the most predictable of the, of the matches on this card. It is a journeyman in WWE. He has yeah. always been seen as the best athlete they have on their roster. 
He's always been seen as the guy who can steal the show, but maybe doesn't have that flair or that sports entertainment lure that would make him a top star. He's definitely one of the best tag team wrestlers the last 10 years through WWE, uh, but he can go. He is probably one of the best technicians or athletes of his generation, Cesaro. Taking on a very ruthless, a very dialed-in Darth Vader of WWE (laughs) Universal Champion in Roman Reigns, who beat Edge and Daniel Bryan in a single match and pinned them on top of each other at WrestleMania, breaking my heart. One, two, three. And he sent Daniel Bryan packing from the WWE. Daniel Bryan's going to show up in AEW, and I'm going to be like, (laughs) you know, Uh, shake my hands, shake your hands harder, shake your hands harder, boy. They're leaving for Jacksonville. Um, So here's the thing this is going to be a great match. And Cesaro is telling the best articulated stories right now and getting the most heat for his minutes. I mean, he is flame broiled every time out there. Uh, and he's going to put the shine on Cesaro. But just because you're getting the shine on you doesn't mean you get the diamonds and the gold with it. You know, yeah. uh, Roman Reigns gets out of this match. You have the Usos uh, once again uh, playing a supporting characters now with Jimmy being added to the fold. Here. Right. That's, um, that's the thing that I think creates a lot of chaos here. And what makes this match for me not as predictable as you think, because you have I, 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 Romans winning this belt. I just think they're going to get, they're going to, all they have to do is get you to think that Cesaro can win for it. To sure. Happen. And they've done that by adding in a lot of variables with where does Jimmy Uso stand? Is he with his, with his cousin? Uh, is he with his brother? Are they going to split? Is there going to be a double turn on Roman reigns? What could happen there? We really don't know where everything stands. And plus there's also the Seth Rollins factor who wants Roman reigns to take care of his family, or he's going to do it for him. He's also still beefing with uh, Cesaro. So there's a lot in play there. This could be, Oh my gosh, this could be like a rock mankind kind type finish, you know, where, where stone cold come, came down and hit rock with a chair and there was just the McMahons everywhere. And there's just so much chaos. There are so many variables here. You could have Jimmy cost Roman. You could have Jay uh, cost Roman. You could have Seth whoa, cost Cesaro. Well, you're telling me with all this noise going on around the ring that it would influence the finish of the match. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm telling you. I know it's a hard a hard sell, a hard pill to swallow, but it could happen. And I honestly think this would be the perfect like shock fact. You want to get people talking? Hmm? You want to get people talking? Nobody so thinks you're, Roman you're, Reigns you're, is you're dropping that these, belt. Are you telling me Roman Reigns what? is dropping that belt before SummerSlam? What? You're telling me they're going to stra- they're going to strap up. They're going to they're going to put that strap. They're going to strap up the cyborg. They're going to they're going to be mad at it. I would not be mad at it. I would give him. I would give him a fluke win at at WrestleMania or at WrestleMania Backlash. Have him run then, into SummerSlam. No, not even that long. Seriously, just give Cesaro that that attaboy run. Like we've seen the work that you've been doing. You know, this is long overdue. Have your moment. Here's your t- that Christian title run. Here is your moment. And then we, we yeah, know you're not you a got, top. You we know you're not a top it. guy. We know you're right. not a top guy. But there's nothing. Uh, people say being a transitional champion is bad. That's no, no. There's you're a good champion. story to tell there. You're right. a champion. You, no you, one can take that away from him. No one takes matter. it away from you. It yeah. doesn't matter how he wins it. It doesn't matter how long he has it. People will remember Cesaro for being a WWE champion and I or a Universal God champion. Damn, Excuse me. God I would damn do it, it, Rick. I would God do it. Damn it, Rick. I would Why do you, you got to my hopes up? Do it. Do I think they're going to do it? Hell no, I don't. I'm just saying there. The option is on the table, and I would love to see it. That would be. 
God, remember the reaction that Chris Jericho got when he pinned Triple H on Monday Night Raw? <gasps> Why are you doing this to me? Everybody thought he was WWE champion, even though they oh. overturned it. Do it. Have Seth get involved. Have Jimmy get involved. Have Jay get involved. And have Cesaro somehow pull one out. Then he can Rick, drop it on SmackDown or he can drop it at Money in the Bank. I don't care. Rick, Do it. we're doing a post-show stream <laughs> with Sid. All right? And you have wound me up now so much <laughs> for Sunday. You, you have just reached into the back of me. And just crank, crank, crank. And hopefully I've riled a lot of other people up as well. And we still have a whole other episode of SmackDown before. Has, uh, Rick, has Rick convinced you, if you guys are on the video part of this, has Rick convinced you that Cesaro can bring this universal strap home? Can, can he do this? Can he bring this and drink uh, as much coffee, craft coffee on top of this belt as he can? Can he do it? Can he take out the big dog, the head of the table? You got, I, I was thinking we were going to have a great match no matter what, but you got me. And that's all it takes. You got me thinking Here, the dream the could thing. be true. Here, here's the other thing, right? What if they go full Jericho Triple H? What if Cesaro wins off of what if Cesaro wins? What if Cesaro wins off of uh, interference by Seth Rollins or whomever? And then out comes Sonya Deville. And she's like, no, 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 we're not going to have this title match. Be, we're not going to have this title match go down this way. Restart it. Spear. Cesaro gets pinned. Roman that, would piss me off. that would piss me off even more because how many matches on your television shows every week <laughs> result in interference and no one in a crisp tailored suit just shouting out Sonya Deville's Taylor. There's oh, two over that person. Right. She's walking around in Ferraris, man. She's she's walking around in like in like sports cars of suits. Uh, yeah, but that would drive me crazy. But yeah, come on, someone can interfere in a four minute match. But you're just gonna you're gonna change this one. We're not gonna have it. Not this one. We're not that, gonna let it happen. In that's what match. makes a great heel authority figure, my man. And she is starting to take over. And I am all for uh, our our overlord of Daddy Deville. Yes, Daddy Deville. Let's see what let's see what happens here. WrestleMania Backlash once again this Sunday on Peacock at 7 p.m. Eastern. Catch it anywhere else in the world on WWE Network. It is going to be quite the show. We will have that post show. So um <clears throat> make sure you have those notifications on so you know exactly when we go off. Maybe that pay-per-view goes a little 20 minutes late. We'll be right there with you. And that'll be Sunday night on Facebook and YouTube. I think we'll drop the audio of that uh, for you guys as well uh, if you're on the podcast side of things. I know some people are starting to get more into that. Let us know what you think of the experience and go ahead and give us a five-star review wherever you guys are getting your podcast apps at. All right, that really helps us climb up the proverbial audio ladder. Uh, let's get into AEW before we wrap up today's show. That's right. Yep. We've gone past an hour. What? Someone going to be mad at us here? We, we, talk, uh, we, uh, we, we talk a lot here. Uh, big week for AEW. Uh, they announce a return to touring, and I got to have a conversation with the legendary Jim Ross launching a new show on adveryshows.com. That's coming soon. This interview we will release first on our podcast feed. You guys will be able to get it on sportskeeda.com in, in the, the next week or so. Uh, but great insight from him about the future of AEW. Is, is it all right if I shift you over to the company you're with now here before before we, uh, we finish up Absolutely. here? Absolutely. I hope you do. Uh, great success here recently with All Elite Wrestling. A little bit of a change. NXT moving its own night on Tuesday nights. You guys having your own. And the success has already been profound. Number one on cable in several different number and several different demographics. Blood and Guts, an amazing success. And now the news you alluded to recently, but now it's confirmed. AEW Dynamite back on the road in July. Uh, what is the sentiment in the locker room uh, and with the, with the broadcast team here taking the show back out on the road? It seems like everybody's very excited. You know, Jacksonville's become our home base, the home field. 
Uh, you know, we feel like we have that home field advantage there. Mm. Every Wednesday night, we, we have loyal fans and regulars that come out and, uh, it's a great, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, but it's not a different audience every week. There's some, we have, you know, you'll have new people sample, but it's a, it's a little predict, not predictable. It's not a good word, but it's just, we're there a lot. You see a lot of regulars, which we love, yeah. but, uh, our talents need to work more in front of a live audience. They need to learn their skill set, let it be refined. There's nothing that replaces working in front of a live paying audience. Uh, we've got a lot of talents that are still in their formative years. We've got talents that haven't traveled that much to wrestle only that small bit of time we did after we first launched and we had some good houses. We had some really good houses, you know, fans are ready for an alternative. So, but the key thing I've always said when house shows, live events, whatever you want to call them, uh, slowed down or ceased because of COVID and so forth, uh, that hurt us because we have so many green talents that need more ring time. So now, uh, they're going to get, we've got three shows, we've got two YouTube shows, uh, and we've got, of course, a uh, dynamite on TNT on Wednesday nights, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I think, uh, you know, I think that the being back on the road in front of a fresh audience, a new audience in a new city, it's a new adventure for these kids. And for, and for those of us that have been around a while, you know, I got like 4 million American miles, 2 million Delta miles. I, this travel is not, it's not gonna be something new to me. No. Uh, and I don't, I don't have any issues going through TSA and all those things. It is what it is, man. Uh, so I think it's going to be great for our young talents. I want to see MJF do a live promo in front of 10,000 people. Ooh, I want to see, uh, uh, a guy like Darby Allen have a big match in front of a huge crowd because I see what he does to the, for the 500 or thousand or 750, whatever it is are smaller crowds. That's not a small crowd in today's world. Not, but, not in today's world. No, no, nah, not in today's world. But when we get back out in those arenas, uh, you know, we've got tickets sold that have been sold for a year that people didn't even ask for a refund. They, they were comfortable knowing that we would eventually be there and they had a good seat and they're excited about coming to see us. I think our, I think our live event business, Kevin is going to be phenomenal and I don't want to jinx us. I think the society is in general ready to go live again a little bit. Uh, Concerts, ball games, whatever it may be. Big time. And is it is the emails are filling up, and I'm getting more requests about interviews to promote things that are possibly close to being announced and different things. That's that that goes well outside of wrestling. But let me ask you this: as as someone a a statesman of the business, if you will, with AEW hitting the road, WWE talking about potentially having WrestleMania, excuse me, SummerSlam this year at a at a major major arena in a major city, uh, it's a good time for the industry. What do you think the industry could have can learn from this period where you were where we were performing with either limited audiences or no audiences or virtual audiences? that can be then transitioned back as we get back to the, the normal we remember. Is there some lessons you think that need to be retained from the industry as a whole going back into this, this period on the other side of the pandemic? I think we have to understand that our storytelling is the most important thing that we do. 
episodic television has got certain elements that come along with it. Part of the package. I think we all, you know, it's amazing to me that, you know, I've gone on TV on raw back in the day without even a completed format, like nothing because the writers had advanced that had trouble settling on something mm-hmm. and it's like dominoes falling. Uh, you have to fix this before you can fix this. So we'd go out there and we'd know what the first match was and what the traffic was for that to get out of the segment, like a commercial break or whatever. And then we'd wait for our formats to get out there. Might be the second or third segment of the show. Tony Khan is so ahead of things that we'll know what he's going to book for next week before we go in the air. Like, uh, wrapping up all elite wrestling had another big episode this week. They are on some of somewhat of a role announcing those big dates. You just heard Jim Ross talk about it. Uh, and then we had a big, uh, episode here is we're just, you know, wow, we're almost two weeks away from the next big quarterly pay-per-view yeah. double or nothing coming up on the 30th. Uh, they made some real moves here on this week's dynamite. They have a new TNT champion finally fulfilling the monster. That is Miro. He is no longer playing video games. Uh, there's something that, uh, J- Jim Ross talked about in an interview, which you guys will be able to hear. And he crushes Darby Allen this week and becomes the new champion of the Turner network television. What do you think? I loved it. I loved it. I was hoping this was the direction that they were going when, when he got it. What we have seen out of Miro the last few weeks, I think, is what everybody wanted to see out of him mm-hmm. moving forward. They they kind of built him up a little bit. They kind of slowed it up before they really kind of, uh, you know, in, I don't want to say invested in him, but pushed him to this point. Um, you know, he he no longer the best man. Now he's this big brute beating the hell out of everybody, and he... He destroyed Darby Allen last night. Now, Darby put up the, the fighting effort. I love Darby Allen. And by the way, he, the, the, the suicide dive onto the outside, <sighs> he hits Mike. He is like a freaking freight train uh, hitting people as fast as he comes out. It's amazing to watch. He put up an incredible fight last night, but you know, in the end, I love that they didn't have sting or anybody cost Miro this moment. This was something that I, I wanted for Miro. I think he should be in the AEW world title picture sooner rather than later. He is an absolute all-world talent. I, I loved Rusev. I wanted this kind of booking for him in WWE, so I'm happy to see him get it here. I wanted this booking for him when he came to AEW. Right, and I know a lot of people did, uh, which is why they were crapping on the video game stuff, because this is what they wanted from the get-go for him. And now, he, boom, here he is. He's the TNT title holder. Um, couple things I didn't like about the ending. Uh, one, when he immediately goes into the, the finish there, his shoulders were down on the mat for a solid five seconds and the ref never even looked at him to count him <laughs> down. I thought they, I thought he was going to get pinned. Like I thought it was going to be like the, the, uh, Shayna Baszler type loss where she's got the Kirafuta clutch locked in and somebody just rolls up and boom, she she's pinned down for three seconds, but that's not what they did there. The ref just called for the bell. And then before they even had a chance for, for Miro to get his moment. Maybe it's because they were running on a TV time or something. We immediately cut to something else. Like it's not Miro holding up the title in the middle of the ring celebrating. It's this was an issue on dynamite this page was, and coming down and you know, there's, there's chaos everywhere. This is an issue with dynamite that I think they've had quite a bit since they started. And sometimes it's more noticeable in flashes where you see it a lot. And then other times you really don't notice it at all. Uh, they have a really fast pacing of their show. It, they will have long matches, but it's paced in a way where, don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. We have some coming up. We have some. They're constantly doing that, right? 
and they stepped over themselves in that regard with not letting something settle in here, you know, because we, we already got Miro and Lance Archer. They're constantly high progressive. The next thing, next thing's coming up, right? They're right. very forward thinking, which is admirable. But when you do that so much, you don't let things breathe. You you had a match this week, separate of these guys. You had a match this week with the Young Bucks versus SCU. And they haven't really built up this stipulation. It's been known. And then they have to build it up on commentary and, and make it seem like it's a huge thing. And it should have been a much, much bigger thing. But it just felt like this chore that they had to deal with of getting rid of SCU as a team. Because if Christopher Daniels, at his age, loses, his partner says, we're done as a team. Right, Kazaria. They've been a team for a long, long time and all these different promotions. Uh, one of the best teams the last 10 years, right? Young Bucks beat them. They're broken up. That's it. Uh, they don't get to embrace each other. They don't get to do anything else. Uh, let's get on to the next thing. It's gone. We'll, we'll talk about it during a commercial. It's very WWE-esque. It, it is. It, it, was, it was. I was bummed out by it. It, it isn't a major thing, um, but I don't know. I, I, you only have so much time on television, right? There's a lot of digital things they could do that with, you know, but at the same time, they at least got the time to do that on television. They didn't do that. I would have liked if they did it on a pay-per-view. I think they could have built it up. Yeah, they look, they do as much as they can with the two hours of network TV they have. And mm-hmm. and that's the thing is like they don't have seven hours of network television. It's it's, it's a circumstantial challenge. And it, right. So, so, yeah. yeah, you have the two shows that you do on YouTube, but I mean your hardcore main audience is is not your hardcore, your casual audience is watching. They said it. It's their biggest revenue source, it's their biggest platform on which they reach people. So and that's why they're gonna that's why they put title matches on there. That's why they have title changes on there. That's why they bring in guys like like Mike Tyson to to drive in as many viewers as possible. They try and bring in Shaq uh to wrestle on AEW Dynamite. They bring in these guys so they can try to make each show feel special. They put an all-out effort into each episode of Dynamite, which is something that I appreciate because I wish WWE would do that more often with their flagship show. <laughs> Whoops, that's a Freudian slip. Hey, flagship. Hey show hey come on what are you <laughs> or what are you a, what are you a 17 year old that just discovered the phrase <laughs> flagship and just wanted to add words to it that are no, dirty i'm a guy who talks way too fast and sometimes trips over his words is what uh what happens there that was you're, you're like you're like me though. you're like me firing the clips for our show here what are, what's wrong come on now <laughs> but if if wwe put half as much effort into making each raw feel as special as they do over an aew on dynamite we wouldn't be sitting here talking about, yeah, Raw is uh, kind of just lying in the weeds, or you know, maybe occasionally they'll do something that piques my interest, and all of a sudden I'm really excited because there's actually something interesting to watch on Monday Night Raw. You know what I'm saying? Uh, a lot of this card coming together pretty quickly. Kira Shield taking on Doctor Britt Baker. We'll also have an yeah. AEW World Championship Triple Threat match with Kenny Omega defending against Orange Cassidy and Pac. Uh, plenty of stuff here. Just a few weeks, so we'll be following AEW in the weeks to come. Uh, of course, uh, thank you guys for checking out episode two of the Insight Cradle. I know we have a ton of content, and we want this kind of a catch-all episode for the more casual fans that aren't going to listen to everything or watch everything you do. Give me one show. And so uh, hopefully this plays for you guys as well, and plays for you in your ears. We're really trying to build up that podcast. We, we do that with your trust, your dedication, and your time. If you enjoyed this, share it. Share it with your buddies. Uh, we're going to do some fun things in the future and get more people on the show. We have a bunch more interviews to drop in the weeks ahead. Uh, come on. We had Bailey and we had Drew McIntyre. We had Jim Ross in our first two episodes. 
I think we're doing okay. <laughs> and uh, wh- wh- where's it going? Did you just call your shot there, Rick? Did you call your shot? <laughs> I'm just saying, uh, we've, we've, I think we've hit these two episodes out of the park. That's all I'm saying. You can catch our Monday night show with a very controversial, he is still very controversial, Vince Russo. He had some hot takes. He thought Eva Marie was the best thing on WWE this week. Uh, you, you can uh, go see that now as well on Monday nights, dropping on our YouTube channel or Facebook watch as well. Friday nights, Rick is talking with Dutch Mantel and his long, curly, wise mustache yeah, after SmackDown. There's rub that glorious mustache in my face every week. This is the Dude. best it gets, folks. It took me 30 years to be able to grow this, and I've had it for three years now. You look like the Pringles guy. And now I'm going to shave it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wednesday nights, uh, our very own Rico and Jose G cover AEW and NXT. And then uh, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m., 6 p.m. Eastern, we're doing live streams, just covering the top stories of the day. Just a little pop in every single day for you. Uh, and then, you know, Turn those notifications on. Uh, we want to be uh, something that really works for you in your time. We want you to make fun of Rick's mustache, make fun of my bald head, get into the club, all right? This is a Patreon with it, without any pay, man. This is a premium because we're doing some really, really fun things, and you guys are on the ground floor with it. You have a lot of options in wrestling media. You spend time with us. We're grateful for it. We want to make it mean something to you. We appreciate you. Yes, we do. All right, you can follow him on the Twitter machine where... Oh, at Rick Uccino, R-I-C-K-U-C-C-H-I-N-O. Follow me there. Uh, I tend to put out clips and, and articles from my interviews before uh, you'd see them on the uh, Sports Keto Wrestling YouTube channel. So there are there are advantages to following me. I'm a nice guy. I live tweet during uh, most of the shows throughout the week. Uh, and also, if you want, by the way, I'm just throwing this out there. At some point this year in 2021, I will be making my professional wrestling debut in the ring at some point during this year. So keep an eye on my Twitter page and you'll be one of the first people to see it and know about it and, and hopefully love it as I don't uh, crap the bed. <laughs> wow. I'm excited yeah. for this. I want, I want, I want to scoop on that. I got to lose about 20 more pounds before I can do it. <laughs> yeah, I gotta, I'm I hoping this intermittent fasting thing I'm doing is working. <laughs> I can't uh, feel looser. We'll weigh in on Saturday. See how it's going. I, I, I'm I'm jumping around for the fools. You can check out some of my work with AAW. Uh, we just had the very successful Taking No Prisoners pay-per-view event on Fight TV. Uh, you can catch our show on Twitch every Saturday night, uh, early Saturday night. But if you're going out again, you can catch this as your perfect pregame before you go grab a steak or go get a beer out on a Saturday night. Perfect show. And get more at AAWPro.com. That's AAWPro.com. Dot com. Uh, we have some more big events coming up. May 22nd, we'll be in Villa Park at the Gali Arena. And then June 11th, back on Fight TV with Crush and Destroy. Uh, Rick, you're working in radio in the, in the greater in the greater Ohio region. Yes. Uh, and I'm working in radio again. If you're listening to more stuff, you can, you can catch. You can catch us on the radio. All right? You can catch me on the X, uh, one of the best rock stations in the country, the X. 1049 in Rockford, Illinois on the TuneIn app. You can stream it anywhere in the world. Rick, where, where are you on the radios? Oh, well, you can catch me uh, doing the morning news on 700 WLW, the nation station, Cincinnati, Ohio, and as well as on the, on the iHeart uh, radio app on the morning co-anchor there. And occasionally you'll hear me on our sister station, ESPN 1530, doing some Cincinnati Bengals report. Bengals. Yes. You, you, you have to have your broadcaster voice. Bengals. Rowlin. Bean and angry, here he comes up, Rowling. Uh, I don't know why. I just felt 
I just felt compelled to do that. We always make fun of that little trumpet. My sides hurt. My sides hurt. We always make fun of that little trumpet because it's supposed to be a, a tiger growling, but it's just. Burr. It's a great song, though. Okay. All right. We'll be back next Thursday. Tons of content on the Sports Kita channels on Facebook Watch and YouTube. Of course, here now on the podcast as well. When watching wrestling, as you can tell with us, because we're grown adults, not acting like adults, uh, maybe Rick will not have his Pringles mustache next week, but he will sing the Cincinnati Bengals theme song. And when we watch wrestling, we'll do the most important thing, which is enjoy.